Welcome to the Football Goonies Podcast. How can I just let you walk away? Just let you leave without a trace. When I stand here taking every breath with you. You're the Welcome into a special edition of the show. With week four of the preseason being kind of a uh, down week for us, we're going to do a little something special today. And we're going to go over the draft from the original Atlanta Foot Clan League, going over the keepers, the draft picks, and then giving my overall assessment of how things went for each team. Also, I'd like to throw out a big shout out to all our new members, uh, whether it be in the Dynasty League or the Atlanta Foot Clan League. Uh, I know we have uh, quite a few members and a few people on the waiting list, so... Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Jason Seplick. You can find me on Twitter at the Goonie. And before we jump into things, we'll go over a few news and notes from the Dynasty League. So today in the world of our Dynasty League, uh, since we last talked, we had a, a couple of moves happen, um, a course mostly involving Clay, and uh, the first one is that Clay, Team Thielen, woohoo, traded Geronimo Allison and Sammy Watkins for Rex Burkhead and Chris Godwin. Now, um, I like the move for him, this gives him some... Uh, running back depth that he didn't have and um, he's sending away some really high capital on potential uh, wide receivers but then he did get Chris Godwin back and everything's been pretty positive about him Um, then the news that Adrian Peterson signed with the Washington Redskins which created a bidding war that really didn't get out of hand uh, going for ten dollars to the Americans now, uh, he dropped Samaj P. Ryan for that move, which uh, was kind of questionable to me because, yes, I think Adrian Peterson's going to be the starter, and I think he's going to break down relatively quick. It didn't work out in New Orleans for him, and it didn't really work out when he got traded to the Cardinals. 
So um, hopefully it works out for you. I'm kind of sitting on the idea that either Rob Kelly or Samaj P. Ryan's going to end up being the guy you want to own come the end of the season. But for the time being, he's a useful piece. Uh, next up, we have a trade involving, you guessed it, Clay with Team Thielen with the Americans. Uh, Clay sent off Kareem Hunt, Golden Tate, DJ Moore. In return, received Derrick Henry, his original uh, startup draft pick, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Deontay Foreman, and in the move, he dropped Trey Quinn of Washington. Um... Things are starting to get a little suspect. I think between that and the trade after this with uh, Clay and Brian for Rashad Penny and Nick Chubb straight up, I'm starting to think that Clay has no actual ranking system for any player in this league. And I'm guessing he's never done a dynasty before because rather than sitting on pieces or targeting pieces he wants and letting them develop, um, he is basically flip-flopped between win now, win in the future, win now, win in the future, and he's cycling through players that all have warts, all have upside, and I think you're just addicted to trading, and you have a problem, sir. Get it under control. Um, that being said, don't hate the move. Uh, it doesn't strengthen anyone horribly, uh, well, so... At least you have that going, that you're not putting the rest of the league at a disadvantage with it. And then, uh, finally, he again traded Rex Burkhead, who he just acquired, for Robert Woods. Now, I know I'm not going through the picks that are involved with these. Um, it's kind of hard to keep track of everything. And this is just a little quip. But, um, I mean, come on, man. Rex Burkhead... He is going to be a focal point as long as he's healthy, and you could use him now, and instead you trade for Robert Woods, who we don't even know if he's going to be useful in the future. And, um, wow. I mean, that's all I could say about it. Um, other than the trade moves, some uh, big things that happened was Marquise Lee injury uh, created a bidding war, or a race, I guess I should say, for Jacksonville wide receivers that weren't already taken. The Americans ended up picking up uh, Dante Moncrief. And um, also the exit of, or I should say retirement and exit of Eric Decker created another hole in Patriots camp for the wide receiver. And Dan's team with This Means War picked up Philip Dorsett. Uh, other than that, the only other move of consequence is with the addition of Alfred Morris and his strong play with the first-team offense of the preseason, I myself dropped Jeremy McNichols for Alfred Morris. Uh, I think the writing's on the wall. They gave McNichols a shot. He showed well, actually, but the problem is he got cut for the Bucks because he couldn't pick up that offense. I don't think he's picking up uh, Kyle Shanahan's offense too well. So Alfred Morris, I think, is going to be the useful piece as long as either Breda or McKinnon mixes time uh, throughout the year. And then the uh, final bit of news was uh, initially A.J. McCarron was thought to have a broken collarbone, I believe. Uh, I think it came back clear, but it looks like Josh Allen's actually going to start this year. From day one, uh, I mean, still a chance it's Nathan Peterman. He's looked better in the preseason overall. 
but that's just turnover machine, and we know how Buffalo values any quarterback that they didn't draft. Um, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Allen's going to be the starter. Uh, he's going to be usable piece. He's going to wreck your week some weeks, but some weeks he will have some fantasy value with that big arm and those legs. So uh, that was a good turnaround. Um, oh, oh, this just in. We have some uh, breaking news. We got a message here from our new member, TJ. Asking a, let's see, 14-team keeper question. Huh. So let's see what you got here. Looks like TJ has some uh, RB pain going on in this 14-team league uh, keeper, it looks like. With uh, Zeke and Michael Thomas's keeper uh, sitting on Tyreek Hill and Demaryius Thomas in the flex. So... That's pretty strong, but your running backs are what? Marlon Mack, Aaron Jones, Deontay Foreman, uh, Samaje, and wow, yeah, pretty weak. So let's see, the offer is Tariq Cohen and James White for Demarius and Aaron Jones. So, um, I don't know if you caught a my last episode uh, where Axel requested that I do a film breakdown on his running back, Jordan Howard, that he had traded for. Um, I actually do like Tariq Cohen a bit uh, this year. Uh, that being said, I'm pumping the brakes a little bit. Some uh, news came out recently that uh, Nagy's actually not very happy with Cohen. Uh, I know in the last preseason game, he made a... a pretty big error that cost a uh, interception and he's not really uh picking up the offense as well as they want him that being said he has Tyreek Hill upside I don't really see him as that uh the big thing I see with that team is I'm not expecting the team to be as good as everyone is calling them the next Rams um I think that it's the same thing that happened with the uh OBJ wide receiver group where from then on every rookie wide receiver was going to be good and now we're in the phase of every rookie running back's going to be good where you already know my feeling that next year I think it's going to bite people in the butt with the 2019 class um I'm not a big fan of Jordan Howard but now the news is that he's not going to be coming off the field on third down a lot and although Tyree, uh, Tariq Cohen's going to be uh, flexed out to a uh, wide receiver position a lot and things like that, I do see them trailing a bit, and Jordan Howard's hands aren't going to get the job done. Um, that being said, I think the Jets have cooled on James White, too, a little bit. Uh, he is going to have some fantasy value this year. And... Um, the news now that Rex Burkhead's starting to get healthy is going to be a focal point. Uh, we kind of expect Sony Michelle to make a late, later part of the season push as a relevant fantasy option. Um, I'm not loving the trade. Uh, I am a little down on Demarius Thomas. Uh, I think Cortland Sutton's going to eat into his touchdowns. 
Um, not so much his actual receiving yards. Um, I don't think Sutton's quite there as a route runner yet. He's got a lot of work to go. In fact, uh, I'm pretty sure cornerback Chris Harris kind of knocked that part of his game, just trying to cool the hype on him a little bit and keep uh, his new rookie receivers uh, ahead about him, I guess. So, and I'm actually a big believer in Aaron Jones. I know that uh, Mike McCarthy gave uh, Jamal Williams pretty much the, uh, oh, he's going to have a big year, but I just don't think he's a very efficient runner. I think that the Packers uh, running back's going to pretty much be like last year where everyone is useful at some point. Uh, I think Aaron Jones is probably the most talented. Um, I don't think he was a bad receiver in college, and I think he can improve that part of his game. It's just whether his pass protection picks up. Um, I understand your situation, and I'm going to say that I don't hate the trade because you do need help, but um, not knowing what's on the waiver wire, uh, we'll look for some more options, and I would probably rebut to him and see if I can get a little bit better uh, running back to replace uh, one of those guys, probably James White. Uh, and if not, I'd probably actually fish around the league with a couple other teams that are weak at receiver and see what you can pull there. Um, so I'd say hold for now. Um, yeah, I'd say hold for now and try to improve your situation. But after a week or two, if things don't improve, then um, at the very least, Aaron Jones is back and his value is a little more so you can push back then. And you might just have to take a loss or two um, to begin the season. So that's my advice. I know it's not kind of what you wanted to hear. You wanted a yes or a no. And uh, I'm going to say just try to improve the situation a little bit before you hit accept. All right. So that covers all of our news and notes. And now, without further ado, welcome in Keeper League Foot Clanners. Uh, this is our special edition of the draft. by talking about the keepers, or as I like to call it, the gauntlet. So first off, we got the Megalodons, uh, ending up with Kareem Hunt as their franchise, and getting Julio Jones and A-Rob in the lottery. Big surprise, Brian doesn't lose Julio. Uh, great start off. Got a first round running back. Uh, I'm more towards the tail end of the first round, maybe second round value on him. Um, Julio, boss, A-Rob, couple questions, but if he comes back, he's going to be a monster. Uh, next is Team The Great One, uh, locking in Le'Veon Bell. And ending up with Leonard Fournette and Joe Mixon. Now, this is by far the strongest running back pool uh, I think Lev Bell and Fournette are going to be monsters, especially after Fournette's weight loss. And uh, Mixon, same thing. So I'm going to call this one Team Weight Loss. 
next, we got the SC Honkers and uh, keeping Melvin Gordon and ending up with Derrick Henry and Tyreek Hill. Uh, I don't know who you dropped uh, or lost instead of Henry, but he's not exactly my favorite, but I'm starting to heat up on him a little bit, and running backs are always good. Uh, next, we got Popeye's Sailor Man with Adam Thielen, Josh Gordon, and T.Y. Hilton. Now, I'm going to assume that Thielen was the franchise because Hilton's kind of reliant on Andrew Luck's arm and Josh Gordon has the question marks. But that being said, if Josh Gordon comes back to force, he is going to be huge. Uh, Top 10 receiver for sure. Uh, Next, we have Finkla's Einhorn, uh, one of the first teams that kind of got hurt as far as the keepers they had with uh, Alex Collins, Jay Ajayi, and Zach Ertz. Uh, Ertz is top three tight end. You all know my feelings on him. Uh, With redraft, I'm not as bullish on him. That being said, I think he's going to finish maybe top five, but I'm not looking for a top three finish out of him. Um, Collins is good. Ajayi is a lot of question marks, but that being said, other than Corey Clement and um, Darren Sproles, don't really know what the Eagles have left, so he could have a big year. That being said, I'm actually looking for a regression on Eagles players. Uh, next, we got the Scranton Stranglers uh, with the all-star cast of keepers, ending up with David Johnson, Odell Beckham, and Aaron Rodgers. Congratulations, you have a player at each position that could end up number one. Uh, between that and the high draft capital, I'm going to say this is my early odds-on favorite to win at the beginning of the draft. Uh, next, you have Turn Your Head in Coughlin with uh, Kirk Cousins. Ouch. Uh, Alvin Kamara, good, even though I think he's going to be a little bit of a drop from last year. I think the fact that he was a keeper is always great. And Devontae Adams, you all know my feelings on him. I don't think he's quite what people are expecting. But, I mean, the number one target for Aaron Rodgers can't really go wrong. Next, we have Hey Y'all, uh, keeping Todd Gurley and rolling with Diggs and Jeffrey out of the lottery. Um, I'm expecting a huge turnout for uh, Diggs this season. I think he's going to get at least 14 games under his belt healthy ones, and uh, I think he's the next Antonio Brown. Jeffrey's kind of a tough one because he sounds like he's not going to play at least the first two games this season, so sorry about that, but whatever. Next, we have Axel's team, my mortal enemy and our defending champion. Um, He's all in on Jordan Howard this year, so I guess he's got that going for him if it works out. And if it doesn't, I look like a fool. Or, I look great, and if it does, I look like a fool. Uh, Then A.J. Green and the number one tight end, Gronk. Um, You got top 12 running back, probably fringe. Um, I think he's going to fall more into the 16 range. But that being said, uh, everyone else is kind of calling for a top 12 finish. A.J. Green, top 10. Gronk, number one. So, good keepers for him. Next, we have the Butchers. Now, this one uh, is not looking great. You have the number one, two, depending on scoring, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver. 
After that, you got an injured Carson Wentz and Michael Crabtree changing teams. Uh, not the strongest keepers. Uh, this was the other team that was hurt quite a bit. And that's just how it goes. And then finally, we have Brown and some scrubs. The McCaffrey, Antonio Brown, Keenan Allen keepers. These were some of my favorite keepers. Uh, you have a top three receiver, in my opinion, possibility out of both receivers. And McCaffrey is going to be a beast this year, it looks like. Uh, the only problem was you inherited the team with very few uh, picks. Now, I mean, you have a team with very few picks in the top three. So, um, before the draft happened, we had a couple of trades. Oh, sorry. I forgot. The one you've been waiting for. Me, the slighted one, Macho Man, Fred Savage! Keeping Zeke and ending up with Ingram and Marvin Jones losing Michael Thomas. Big surprise. The only team to ever lose both of their top lottery picks is me. Not saying it's a conspiracy, but dear God, come on. I never trust lotteries with computers. So I've been slided again. Oh, well, I'm going to have to make it work. And I did with the first trade of the season. Dumping off Zeke. Big surprise. Uh... Sitting, we kind of, I think, had a faux pas of how we ended up doing the draft because the whole league wasn't involved. And I don't think we set up the parameters well where we end up teams behind Axel after winning. And, um, yeah, honestly, I just, I think we kind of met, we, we all collectively, me including, because I was on the best ball uh, format, kind of screwed the pooch a little bit. So, um, sitting there at the 8-9 pick, I forget which one, uh, had to make a move. Uh, I was going to maybe luck into Larry Fitz or Doug Baldwin, but with the suspension to Ingram, I just wasn't feeling it. So, I traded off Zeke for the number one pick, uh, upgraded some other picks, and got T.Y. Hilton back. So, my keepers ended up being Ingram, Marvin Jones, and Hilton. And then the other big trade, uh, I almost made a deal when we temporarily had Chris on the Brown team for McCaffrey, which would have been super sweet for me, but we just couldn't get it done. And then uh, he ended up temporarily, or the temporary hold on the team ended up reverting back to Chase. And from then on, he values McCaffrey way too much, and that wasn't going to happen. So, uh, ended up with uh, the trade being Keenan Allen going to Popeyes in, no, sorry, uh, into Honkers in exchange for Hill and some draft picks. So a little bit of downgrade, but you do have the boom bust of Hill. So the weeks that Hill wins you, he's going to outscore Allen. The, team, the weeks he loses, you did upgrade your draft, so I don't hate that one at all. So, moving into the first round, we have uh, the number one pick, surprise, surprise, being Saquon Barkley. The reason I made the trade was I knew I was going to get Saquon, and I knew he was, in my heart, going to be my future Zeke keeper for many years, so I got a couple extra years out of him, and he's a better pass catcher. So, for me, that was a no-brainer, big pick. Um... 
Then Clay traded off the second pick. He had the second and third after some moves. And he would have ended up with Michael Thomas and either Devonta Freeman, Dalvin Cook, however he valued them. And he ended up uh, trading that off to the Scranton Stranglers, the powerhouse keepers. And um, thinking he would either get one of Dalvin Cook, Devonta Freeman, and maybe Michael Thomas. Uh, I kind of knew that Michael Thomas was going to be the pick. Uh, just from how Gill values everyone. And so he ended up downgrading to Devonta Freeman and Dalvin Cook. And I know that's not horrible. Uh, he's now got three strong running backs, which is good. Um, but that being said, I kind of liked the way his team would have looked starting off with uh, Kamara, whichever the two running backs he wanted, Devonta Adams and Michael Thomas. Uh, I thought that would have been a better start for him. But that being said, he did pick up a second with the uh, trade, so he ended up with Golden Tate. Uh, don't 100% like the value, but his depth is better for it. Um, other than that, the only notable pick for me in the first round was Jerick McKinnon. Um, I didn't actually like him there. As far as a value, uh, I'm starting to really drop on McKinnon. Me and Axel actually have a water bet on him and Devonta Freeman on the year. And that being said, and I know you love me saying that being said, but uh, I'm not going to blame you for taking him. You don't have any running backs, I believe. So that was your first running back. Kind of had to jump a little early on him. Uh, moving on to the second round, we had a uh, surprise. Marshawn Lynch went at the beginning, um, kind of where he belongs, but um, a little bit of a surprise. Uh, other than that, I thought it was pretty run-of-the-mill. I thought Rashad Penny kind of went a little too early uh, to Finkel as Einhorn, but, I mean, second half, he could turn it around. But that being said, <laughs> he is uh, going to be on your bench for quite a few weeks as Chris Carson starts. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, other than that, uh, Juju went in this a uh, little earlier than some of the receivers. I probably would have taken ahead of him, but that's about where he's supposed to go. Uh, the big move was Scranton Stranglers trading back into the second to pick up LaShawn McCoy. Now, if he gets a full season on McCoy, that was huge because that's his RB2. Already sitting with two of the best receivers in the game, the best quarterback in the game, and one of the best running backs in the game. So he strengthened his starting lineup immensely and can't blame him for it. Uh, I was kind of hoping, actually, uh, Lamar Miller would get out of this round, but the Megalodons made sure that didn't happen. And then they took the surprise pick to me of the second round with Carrion Johnson. Uh, I know he is building steam, but I, I think he's going to struggle the first part of the year, and I think he could have waited another round. Um, so that was kind of my opinion on it. Uh, turning into round three, I finally got another pick. Um, I think I was the second worst off team as far as picks this year uh, having traded some away last year to try to make a push in the playoffs that didn't work out uh, obviously brown and scrubs without a pick in the first three rounds before the trades was the worst off 
but that that happened and I ended up moving in and taking Sammy Watkins. I didn't really feel great about that pick. The Lamar Miller pick actually kind of threw me off a little bit and it was between him and Hogan and I needed a contributor that I thought, believe it or not, and I know I can't believe I'm saying this, but I felt Sammy Watkins is more likely to give me a full season. And having Saquon, I needed to focus with the potential of changes to our keeper rules that I uh, proposed that passed. I needed to continue to beef up that receiver core because I wanted as many possible non-running backs to um, basically choose from next year. So Sammy Watkins was kind of that home run hit that I took a shot on. Uh, the picks I hated in this round were the Ronald Jones pick because I just do not believe in him and I don't even buy into the hitman's take that he's going to be one of the four horsemen come the end of the season. I just think he's a terrible running back and he is going to go down as one of those ones that, what were you doing, Tampa? Uh, the other one, I'm not a big fan of Deion Lewis. I'm just... That's just me not being able to put uh, my finger on it. Uh, think he might be great. He might not. I I don't think he's going to have a healthy season. That's a rarity for him. And I think a lot of it had to do with the Patriots offense. And I'm not a big believer in the Titans offense this year. Uh, another one of those. Uh, LaFleur is going to make the team better, and yes, he is going to be an improvement over the smash-mouth offense, but that being said, I don't think he's the second coming of football Jesus for them. So, uh, Other picks I really didn't like, I'm kind of cooling my jets on Greg Olson, and I'm not a fan of Evan Ingram. Uh, some of the great values, though, was the Scrant Stranglers getting Hogan because I passed on him. Uh, team continues to get strong in the early rounds. Uh, Tevin Coleman, he is a double good pick because I think he's got great flex appeal. Uh, we all know his value of Freeman goes down. And next year, he could be the Jarek McKinnon and become a valuable keeper. Uh, Rex Burkhead, I also like going to Frenchie. Um, I think that the pendulum swung a little too far back because of the injury and I think he's going to end up uh, being healthy most of the season and giving you some good production and then lastly the Emmanuel Sanders going to honkers as well um, I'm not liking what I'm seeing out of Demarius Thomas and the Sutton split and I think Sanders uh, slot role is pretty much secured and between him moving slot and outside he can perform well on both and uh, Keenum has shown some great eyes for him Moving on to round four, we had uh, Marquise Goodwin was a solid pick there, I think, as well as Jamison Crowder going a little earlier than I expected, but great pick. Now, this is where the writing on the walls for me kind of happened. Um, I thought a lot of the running backs were going to hold value as far as ADP where they were or should be going. And there was kind of a hard run on running backs. And me sitting there with only one startable one, I was just waiting and waiting on value. And as we go through the draft, you're going to see every time I wanted to take a running back coming up, the good ones came and I kind of had to jump early on some. And I ended up just punting it uh, that and tight end because the value just wasn't there. 
Uh, Bilal Powell, loved him to the Scranton Stranglers. Maybe a little early, but there's no denying he is going to be the best running back on the team. Um, I'm not the biggest believer in Jamal Williams, but you got to take a shot there. And uh, Tariq Cohen, like we talked about, I think, um, me personally, I'm going to go on the camp that he's going to have an increased workload. Um, I think he's going to turn some fantasy value where he's getting drafted, and I think Howard is going to suffer because of that. Um, pretty much chock full this entire round. I didn't like a, or I didn't hate a single pick. I mean, some of them are a little bit uh, going on faith with like Chris Thompson and Carlos Hyde, whether it be health or holding the job. Uh, Jimmy Graham, not a huge fan this year, but the value in the fourth slash seventh round for us at the end of it, can't really deny that. And uh, Pierre Garçon, uh, a little surprising to see him go the same round as Marquise Goodwin. I think you're betting on the fact that he's been falling, and I love it. Uh, just would like to see him go a round or two later. Coming into round five uh, was the killing me tight ends round because I had an earlier pick and I was like, man, all right, Trey Burton, and Jordan Reed want to get them. And Popeyes and Scranton Stranglers sniped me on both. So good job on you. Uh, Chubb going that early, not a big fan to Clay. Um, Kyle Rudolph also went. I didn't even realize that. I wasn't uh, really looking at him as a game changer, but he would have been a nice safe guy. Uh, the only picks I really didn't like were obviously the auto drafts of defenses. And um, I'd say my Rob Kelly pick. Uh, I kind of was, a little, I don't want to say on tilt, but I was in a little panic where... Uh, I was on the clock. I didn't really have an idea where to go running back-wise, and I looked at the remaining running backs with him at the starting position and no Adrian Peterson at the time, and I thought the other running backs would drop, so took the shot on Kelly, assuming the other backs would get to me. So moving on to the sixth round, James White at the top with Popeyes. Way earlier than I thought he'd go, but great pick. Uh, the Megalodons coming in hot on the young QB and Kelvin Benjamin. I like the Kelvin Benjamin pick. Um, he's going to give you a lot of uh, safe production. I mean, there's just not really anyone else. Uh, Frenchie going with C.J. Anderson. That one was surprising. I wasn't a real fan of that pick there. I think with all the hype coming on McCaffrey... And even C.J. Anderson coming out and saying they need to feed him. Uh, I don't think he's going to have quite the workload that Jonathan Stewart had. And I understand he's a better running back at this point. So he can make a lot with what he's given. I just don't think he's going to be given much. Um, finally, we also get a pick I didn't like from the Scranton Stranglers. I am down on Randall Cobb. Um, I just think he's going to be busted all year with that foot. And I just think he's pretty much uh, done in the NFL as far as a usable fantasy option. But he is there, and there's not a lot of weapons around him as far as, like, a alpha dog number one to me. So he could still turn it around, but I'm not really expecting it. 
And at this point, I finally got some running back value. Um, I thought I probably would have gotten at least one of these guys a little later, and I would have liked to have gotten someone like Bilal Powell that would be an immediate help that I wasn't worried about losing work through the season, but it's where I took Aaron Jones and Chris Carson. Uh, I've been betting a lot on Aaron Jones. I'm hoping I'm right, but I could be wrong. Uh, He does remind me of Thomas Rawls, like they've been talking about on the footballers, and I don't think he could hold up a whole season, but that being said, (laughs) he is going to uh, help my team get through the suspension woes of Aaron Jones and Mark Ingram. Uh, Good value on Delaney Walker. Sorry you got a kicker because you auto-drafted, guys, uh, with Butchers and Hayall, but it's just the way it is. Uh, Marlon Mack, uh, big upside, big downside. We'll see how that one turns out. I'm of the belief it's all downside. But moving on, round seven, Will Fuller. Um, I'm actually a big fan of this pick. You got him a lot later than I expected he would go. Uh, He's huge boom-bust potential, but for going in the 7-10 round, I mean, you got to love the upside there, especially if Deshaun Watson puts in a full season. Uh, I believe this is the first time a defense was picked on purpose, uh, so I'm not a real fan of it going this early, but at this point you are taking shots, so why not get a strong defense like the Eagles? Jordan Wilkins, true to... uh, True to his nature, the Megalodons came in with another young player. Holy moly, it must be my birthday. That's right, old man Herbert's been hoarding the youngins. This comes no uh, as no surprise to yours truly because uh, he's shown the same propensities in the Dynasty League, as you all know. So, staying on brand as always is our illustrious leader after um that the only other running back i'm really excited about in this is Corey clement as far as a all-season role i kind of went with giovanni bernard i think uh, i just needed the depth at that point so i'm not in love with the pick but the pick that i did love was getting andrew luck this late now, I know we haven't seen him throw further than 20 yards at all this preseason, but I'm going to I'm gonna take the gamble. Um, basically, this is the kind of league with all the keepers off the board that you need to get a difference maker at some point in the draft, whether it be because of value or the position like Gronk. And to me, having a top five potential quarterback in the late rounds, it's just a, a huge difference maker. Um... Other than that, really not much to talk about in this round. So moving on to round eight, we had another starting running back that no one expected. Peyton Barber, love that pick, Clay. And uh, Scrant Stranglers kind of jumped a little early. Sorry, this might have been actually the first chosen pick of the draft for a defense. But uh, he believes in the Rams' defense, and if they get Aaron Donald signed, I can't really argue with him. So he kind of jumped early, plus his team's so stacked at this point, he can waste an earlier pick on defense. Um, Other than that, I thought the LeGarrette Blunt pick was a waste. I thought Julian Edelman, if he comes to mostly form after his suspension, 
great value there. Uh, Dan taking Devonta Parker, um, that could turn out real huge or just be a waste of a pick, but at this point, you're just throwing darts, so I like that pick. And I was actually a pretty big fan of my pick with Matt Breda. I think he's going to end up being the one-two back, one healthy, and I'm going to get quite a bit of value out of him. Uh, you just got to get back from injury. Um, only pick I didn't like, and it's because I don't believe in him one bit as Jordy Nelson, but they say he's running like a 28-year-old, so we will see. Uh, would have rather seen receivers that went in the ninth round, like Mike Williams and Michael Gallup, to go ahead of him, Tyler Lockett as well, and then, uh... The big one is uh, Old Man Herbert jumped on the injury bus and decided to secure Darius Geist this round. Now, that actually hurts because I was looking at Geist next round, and I don't know, if he didn't think of that, maybe he would have gotten to me. So kudos to you because he's going to sit in that IR spot, and if he comes back healthy next season, he could be one of his keepers. Um... Now, let's uh, have a moment of silence for the SC Honkers as they took lead wide receiver Marquise Lee of the Jacksonville Jack. Oh, what's that? Oh, after the pick, a couple days later, he came down with a season-ending injury. Sucks to suck, but not really your fault, just nature of the game. Uh, I did like the Anthony Miller and the Kenny Stills picks. Uh, Anthony Miller might actually turn out to be the number one receiver for the Bears this year, depending on A-Rob's health. And Kenny Stills is the more likely to be number one receiver on Miami going after the upside pick of Devontae Parker. So great value on those. Um, wasn't a fan of Frenchie's pick taking Alex Smith. I know the upside's there, and I know the somewhat safety's there. But uh, Philip Rivers went after, and I think Philip Rivers is more, maybe not quite as high upside, but has the same relative upside, but he's a lot safer. So didn't really like that one. And then um, I didn't feel great about it, but I was like, this is the point I had to take the Baltimore Ravens. I uh, love their starting schedule. Overall, they're going to probably be a top four defense by the end of the year. And although I will stream at some points, um, just gave me a little bit of an advantage, I think, because their opening schedule. Jumping down to round 10, we had the Los Angeles Chargers going at the beginning of the round. Now, I would actually have loved this pick if not for the fact that their, their cornerback core looks like the medical tent and mash. It is just decimated already in the preseason, and I think it's going to continue to be decimated. So uh, I'm actually starting to slow down on them. They are my... Houston Texans of this year. They should be a great defense, and they're going to end up in the 20s. Uh, after that, the Hunter Henry pick was a little perplexing. I know that he's a for-next-year keeper kind of guy, but I doubt he's going to end up being a keeper, so I think this was more of keeping him off other people's IR move for Clay. And then uh, John Brown... Great upside. We'll see how it works out. And the running backs, you're just kind of throwing darts at. Hines and Dixon, I don't think are going to work out. 
Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Other than that, the only other uh, pick and note that I think was a good value upside is George Kittle. I know he's a little banged up right now, but he has the potential to turn in probably a top seven tight end season. Uh, coming into round 11, we had uh, the supplemental draft, we'll call it, uh, where we started actually having teams that didn't need picks. So coming in hot, hot fire, we had Dan with Chris Godwin. I thought that was a fantastic pick as far as value. And then uh, yours truly coming in with the James Conner where everything's trash at this point. If for whatever reason something happens to Le'Veon Bell, my goodness, does Connor look good in the preseason. Uh, other than that, wasted picks, Frank Gore, Doug Martin to me, and some defenses. And then to finish out the supplemental rounds, as Brian has listed, uh, the only real notable picks to me, I think, are Ryan Grant to Frenchies. Uh, he has potential to be number two receiver in Indy. So, I thought that was a pretty good pick. Uh, I like the TJ Yeldon pick. I know that was an auto-draft, but I think he can be a contributor, and if Fournette goes down, I think he'll be quite useful. And then, um, other than that, Justin lucking into D.D. Westbrook just by sheer fact that D.D. ends up as the possession receiver, probably with Marquise Lee going down. Um, other than that, Axel taking Tyrell Williams pretty good because if uh, Mike Williams doesn't pan out, he's useful. And if Keaton Allen goes down, man, he's going to be a monster again. So I think I started it off with the no kicker approach and a couple people followed suit. Good for them for getting on my bandwagon. But uh, overall, I think uh, the draft turned out pretty well. Uh, a little disappointing for me, but uh, some some good work, boys, and I thought it went off without a hitch for the most part, other than uh, the issues we know and will not talk about. So we're going to do something a little different this time, rather than uh, have a power rankings of my thoughts of the league, how the teams turned out. Uh, we'll just kind of look at the snapshot as, as of this recording, what I think of each team. Uh, starting off with the old man Herbert Adon's, Brian's team. Uh, QB, Deshaun Watson. Starting running back, Kareem Hunt. And a plethora of other RBs with Lamar Miller being the old man and the youngins of Royce Freeman, Ronald Jones, Jordan Wilkins, and Carrion Johnson with the uh, sleeper Darius Geist next season. Uh, receivers, Julio Jones, Allen Robinson, Calvin Benjamin, uh, DJ Moore, John Brown. They leave a little bit to be desired as far as the number two, but if A-Rob works out, then he's going to be just fine having Kelvin be his third wide receiver and A-Rob do most of the heavy lifting. Uh, tight end Kyle Rudolph, nice and safe. So overall, I give him a B+. Plus. Coming over to the great one, we have Tom Brady at QB with the aforementioned stud running back stable of Bell, Mixon, and Fournette. Uh, that's where the wheels kind of fall off, being stuck with Garcon, 
Woods, Nelson, and Doxson, and Ross, and Galladay for the receivers. I know that Ross and Galladay were adding free agency, but the uh, the receivers were auto-drafted, unfortunately, but they're, they're leaving a lot to be desired. But that being said, um, he's got Travis Kelsey at tight end and the upside of George Kittle, so that kind of makes up for a little bit of the weakness at receiver. Overall, I give the team a B-. It would have been a lot higher if not for the auto-drafted receivers. Moving over to SC Honkers. Um, This is not a soccer club, but he insists on calling it so. We have uh, Cam Newton, who I've actually cooled my jets a bit. I kind of agreed with Andy, thinking he was going to be the... uh, MVP of the quarterback position, potentially, but with the offensive line woes, I think he's going to end up settling down to a kind of 8-10 to range. Uh, Melvin Gordon, great number one running back, and then it kind of drops from there with Derrick Henry, Tevin Coleman, and Tariq Cohen, and then some backups. Um... If Henry works out, Cohen or Coleman, I mean, you could probably piecemeal an RB2 week to week, so not too much hurt there. You did improve with uh, Keenan Allen uh, on the receiving core with Emmanuel Sanders and Robbie Anderson, followed by Sterling Shepard, Cortland Sutton, Keelan Cole in free agency, great pickup to replace the Marquise Lee loss. Uh, overall, your receivers are okay. One great receiver, one good, and then a couple whatevers. Uh, As far as middle of the pack, I think Sterling Shepard's a great talent, but he's stuck behind OBJ and all those targets throughout the team. And uh, Keelan Cole might actually improve this team's receiving core. So Uh, overall, I'm going to give this team a C-plus after picking up Ricky Seals-Jones at the tight end position. Uh, He is my breakout, but he does come with a lot of risk. So, um, yeah, you're going to get that grade. Up next, we got Popeye's Sailor Men. Wow, it sounds like uh, him and Brian might hang out at similar type clubs, just with a different minimum age requirement. Uh, Starting off with Todd Gurley as your keeper was fantastic. Uh, I thought you picked up some... uh, a good number two with Marshawn. And then uh, between Sonny Michelle, Ty Montgomery, James White, uh, you should be able to piece together a decent number three running back when you need it. So uh, I like that. Um, I'm not the biggest on Adam Thielen this year compared to what he was last year, but getting Doug Baldwin uh, in my draft spot, uh, I'm not buying into the injury concern, especially even the news after saying he's not 100% his whole life. And with the upside of Will Fuller and Mike Williams, I give it a pretty decent grade if Doug Baldwin does what I expect him to do. Uh, I'm going to give you a B- minus having Drew Brees anchor that team. And, oh, and Marquise Goodwin, sorry, didn't mean to miss him. Uh, I think he's going to surprise. He's going to probably be around a fringe number 20 receiver. Uh, Up next is Macho Man Fred Savage. Oh, yeah. Uh, Starting off with my swing for defenses, Andrew Luck and Saquon picks. 
Of course, my number two running back is Mark Ingram, but in the interim, we have Gio Bernard, Rob Kelly, Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, and Matt Breda. And Jonathan Williams. Uh, Man, I am not loving my running back core. Uh, There is still question marks on Mark Ingram to begin with. Uh, I was really sad when I kept him, but it was either him or Edelman. I was just decimated by by suspension. So Uh, my receiving core, I think it's better than it looks with uh, Helton Jones, Landry, and Watkins. Um, but I'm not going to be living with my head in the clouds. I know there's a lot of risk. I know there's a lot of what-ifs, especially with my tight end, Tyler Eifert. So I'm going to give myself... I'm going to give myself a C plus, and that is with the caveat of having missing draft picks somewhat early in the the draft. I think I did pretty well with what I got. I think I went a little too heavy on value basing with the running backs, and I probably should have taken a few more shots with them. But um, we'll see how it turns out. I think I'm definitely going to have to make some trades or some waiver wire work. Uh, Next up, turn your head and Coughlin. Uh, Starting off with the keeper of Kirk Cousins at QB. Uh, Alvin Kamara, Devonta Freeman, and... Dalvin Cook as the probably second best running back core, at least uh, until the rookies show what they can do. Uh, decently strong receiver core with Adams, Golden Tate, uh, Cooks, Crowder. Corey Davis could, if he pops off, man, uh, that's going to end up paying off, plus Michael Gallups. And then uh, on the bench, you also have Drake and... Barber and Chubb for depth. Uh, tight end Delaney Walker is good and proven if he's healthy. Uh, overall, I give this team an A minus. I think had he not made the the trade to push off Michael Thomas, I think he would have had an A to A plus, depending on how the draft unfolded. But still, strong draft. Up next, we have. Our new team takeover with Carpe Victoria. Um, so he ended up with Zeke on a trade afterwards, I believe. Um, not initially having him. Uh, number two running back, Chris Thompson. And from there, there's pretty much nothing. Um, receiver, Stefan Diggs. And then, uh Devin Funches. I mean, overall, this team's just working with nothing other than Russell Wilson and Zeke and Diggs. Um, Demarius Thomas might return some value. Ingram might be better than I'm projecting. He also had Jack Doyle, so I think you're fine on the tight end front. Um, And then Alshon being out right now kind of hurts you too. So the team is... uh, just having a rough go, it's going to be one of those lump years you got to take, but I think it's going to end up working out for you with the uh, basis of Zeke, Diggs, and man, it might be a couple years before there's uh, super strength on the keepers too, but uh, oh, can't really grade on the draft because I think this was one of the auto draft picks, but we're going to give it a D+. Plus. Uh, next up, we have Hot Noonan 
Butchers. With uh, Carson Wentz, question mark. Jerick McKinnon, question mark. And then no other real running back. Uh, do have Hopkins, Crabtree, Edelman. Uh, this is probably the worst team in the league. Um, it's just the hand you're dealt. It's rough. Um, auto picking's a bitch. Or sorry, I believe it turned into auto picking. If not, uh, rough going. So it's gonna be another team that um, is gonna take probably a couple years to become relevant in the league. But just stick in there and surprise us. You never know. Uh, up next is our defending champion, Injure in France. I don't know if I said that right. Axel probably uh, correct me if I did say it wrong. Uh, starting off with Alex Smith, Jordan Howard, Carlos Hyde at running back with Burkhead, Crowell, Anderson. Uh, leaves a lot to be wanted. That being said... A.J. Green and Larry Fitz at the receiver core with uh, Hearns, Kirk. Those are whatever guys. But your top two receivers and having Gronk, uh, that makes up quite a bit on the running back side. I'm going to give the team a C right now with a potential to bust into a B-, uh, depending on how the Devont, uh, Deontay Foreman thing turns out and if you make some moves. Next up, Brown and Scrubs. The uh, my pick is the darling of the league, uh, having nothing in the early parts of the draft. I think it turned out pretty well with uh, Matt Ryan at quarterback. You got big CMC and Dion Lewis. He's got a little power punch in the running backs. Number one receiver, Antonio Brown. Number one, big time. Boom game receiver, Tyreek Hill. And uh, bounce back candidate, Amari Cooper. Uh, If Mack and Lewis work out for you, I think this team's going to be all right. But the depth at running back is what's really scary. Probably need to make a a little one for two move to really help yourself out. Uh, I'm going to give you a... I'm on fringe B minus C plus because your draft capital is awful. Uh, I'll give you the B minus because the moves and uh, getting getting who or what you needed to do in order to at least get some running backed up, even though it's not much. Um, second to last, we got Finkel as Einhorn. Uh, this was one of the worst keeper teams. But he uh, managed to get a gem in Mike Evans. I'm not the biggest believer, but the fact that he fell enough for him to get him, uh, that works out for me. So you got Ajayi, Collins, Jamal Williams, if he works out great. Rashad Penny, second half, could be good. Running backs are okay. They're going to be your kind of grinder backs. Um, Receiver Mike Evans is great. After that, you're, you're hoping on Cooper Cup, Devonta Parker. Anthony Miller, it's just, it's rough sledding. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give a C-minus to this team. And finally, finally, the the odds-on favorite to win the league this year, Scranton Stranglers, formerly the Team IR, I believe, with uh, 
strong keepers with a couple strong moves to take shots on risky high upside guys. I mean, man, Aaron Rodgers, best quarterback in the game, top five QB this year. David Johnson, great running back, probably top five running back. LaShawn McCoy, potential for top 12. OBJ, top five receiver. Michael Thomas, top six six receiver. Jordan Reed, if he can put in a healthy season, top three tight end. I mean, Chris Hogan is your flex. That's strong. Bilal Powell, Corey Clement, and a running back depth. Don't hate it. You're never really going to have to dip in it, but I'm actually pretty high on Powell, so it's a decent third running back. Uh, you got the upside shots, Lockett and Allison. Uh, this team, if it gets bit by the injury bug again, it's going to hurt. But uh, I'm going to give him an A. Now, uh, I really want to give you an A- because the, the depth is a little suspect. But that being said, the starting the starting lineup's just amazing. If, uh, if it's not a bye week and no one gets injured, this is pretty much going to be the win-every-week team. So uh, I, I'm, I'm on the Jordan Reed can stay healthy train. I think Shady is going to end up probably playing the whole season. And I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and uh, call for a healthy season for you and be my early shot to win the league. So that recaps the Atlanta Clan League draft. Uh, thanks for stopping by listening. Once again, welcome to all the newcomers. Uh, Even if you're not in the league and you're on the waiting list, uh, we appreciate it if you continue to listen to the show. Um, This was a little more meat and potatoes than it usually is, and we uh, usually have a little more comedy, a little more fun with it, but uh, I was trying to run through it all. And um, so just keep on listening. Download on iTunes or the SoundCloud, leave us a review, uh, five-star preferably, but I'm not going to tell you what to say. As always, I'm your host, Jason Seplick. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at the Goonie. And remember, folks, through this dark time of week four preseason and the final stretch until the glorious, glorious football season, remember, Goonies never say die. That's all, folks.